This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash geekade. Now on with the show. Warning, the Stone Age Gamer includes a lot of bad language. Cover your motherfucking ears. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to episode 280 of the Stone Age Gamer Podcast for the week of November 15th, 2019. I'm Chris Randazzo and joining me tonight, as always, is grid-based puzzle Dan Ryan. I mean, I'll I'll take that one. Puzzle and Dragons is sort of grid-based. Indeed, you have grid lines. I've seen you. Yeah, I mean, you you do what you gotta do. You weave your beard in a very interesting way. (laughs) Anyway, it's week two of our month of <laughs> thankfulness, and Dan and I have each ha- each have another creator we'd like to celebrate because saying nice stuff is fun. You hear that, Internet? Saying nice stuff is fun. But before yeah. we go any further, here's a weekly reminder that you can email us at Just include the words Stone Age Gamer in the subject line. You can let us know what you think of our show, what topics you would like us to discuss in the future, or just say hello because we always want to hear from you, the listener. So, Dan, I have been playing a whole lot of stuff uh, and have a lot of interesting thoughts on things. So uh, let's let's start with you before I dive into my insanity. How you doing? What's yeah. new and exciting? Uh, uh, not much, you know. Um, Tiff and I, so I've been sick uh, since, like, Sunday. So we were down in, uh, in Hamilton, New Jersey, uh, dropping off a foster dog. And uh, we went to eat at a restaurant um, whose name I won't mention, I suppose, in case they're, you know, fans of the shows. I don't want to disparage them. I don't think that's what's had me sick for fucking three days now. But um, we ate at this restaurant, and I started feeling kind of hmm about it. And, uh, you know, it, it's... We went to that antique store, uh, Vintage Betty's, where I, I sent you a picture of those uh, Intellivision games. Um, which was super weird to just see, like, these really nice condition in television games, like, in the boxes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right on, man, that's awesome. Um, yeah, they're pretty snazzy. Like, you never, it, it's just one of those things, like, always check everywhere. Like, if you are a collector of stuff, like, if you see an antique shop, go into the antique store. They got a ton of weird shit at antique stores, and a lot of it, like, they had those in television games, they had a bunch of, like, you know, NFL game day 98 and whatever, Um, but they also had, and they were asking 250 bucks for it, which I think is a lot, Um, but it was an inbox with an extra, uh, I think like an arcade stick and a light gun Saturn. I don't know if 250 is a lot for that. I felt like it was. For the, it was the Saturn, the arcade stick and what else? And a light gun. Hmm. I mean, if it was working, that's not outside of the realm of what I think a functioning Saturn with those things would cost. And he really? said it was in the box. Yeah, it was in the box. Yeah, I mean, if it was if it was in functioning condition, then that sounds about right. I'm pretty sure Saturns go for go for around that these days. Working ones, uh, I'll I'll do some oh. research while you talk. I don't know. That seemed a little uh, expensive to me, but uh, whatever. I mean, it is expensive, um, but yeah, no, yeah. sure, sure. It just seemed more than. What I mean, I in my mind, like a Saturn is like 150 seems right, but uh, and you said it was how much again? 250. 
250. Yeah, 250 seemed pricey. But anyway, so, um, you know, went back home. I've been playing um, the show. My, uh, my, so my, uh, my digital me won, uh, rookie of the year as a pitcher. Uh, got called up to the big, big leagues as an 18 year old. Fucking dominated, Chris. Just nicely done. Filthy, filthy dominated. Uh, ridiculous amount of strikeouts, ridiculous amount of complete games, like because I'm a starting pitcher. <laughs> and uh, signed my contract in the offseason. They were like, so we're going to put you in the bullpen. And I was like, I mean, all right, cool, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, that's not what I'm good at, but sure. So I've been dominating out of the bullpen, waiting to get my shot again, Chris, in my second year here uh back up in the big leagues but i am i am determined to make it back into the rotation and to stick this time and they do such a a a nice job um in the show when you're playing like you you build relationships with the other players that are on the team and like you get stat bonuses for certain things um you know like so there's a bit of an rpg element to it uh, which is kind of weird but you get to uh interact like with the manager and the pitching coach and like they have this old uh southern dude who like does the narration and like it'll go to a cutscene of your player sitting by his locker and you'll just hear this guy pop up with like a pitching coach decides to take this new rookie under his wing and like he'll come <laughs> over and like chat with you about something it's just it's fucking cool man it's a really I mean, I've talked about the show a million and a half times and, and probably will continue to do so because it really just is that spectacular. But uh, this past Friday night, two important things happened. One, I went to see Elton John and his farewell tour, um, oh. and he was just fucking fantastic. I just, he came, he started playing at 8.06. Right, he's 72 years old, Chris. 72. Mm-hmm. Started playing at 8.06. He opened with Benny, on, Benny and the Jets. And he finished and walked off stage at 11 o'clock after playing Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And he, like, almost three solid hours, a 72-year-old man just got up there and tore the piano to little bitty pieces. It was incredible. But maybe even more important than that was the Puzzle and Dragons uh, 7th anniversary stream. That also happened that. So I got home, watched the stream, we got a bunch of free stones for that, and they announced that coming this past Monday, so two days ago from when we're recording this, the Samurai Showdown collab, Samurai Spirits in Japan, was going to hit the North American server. And hit indeed it did. I rolled a bunch of shit and got uh, three of the high chase cards genjiro uh karama and shiki karama is the one that i wanted absolutely the most he is fucking outstanding and putting him on my green ranger team now has made things so much nicer it's just a ridiculously powerful card so that's going on i like for any of you guys listening ever hear me talk about puzzle and dragons you're like man i should probably check this out one day right now you really should you can log on and get um, just for completing the tutorial and logging in, you will end up with 177 stones, which is a ridiculous amount of rolls in the Samurai Showdown collab, or the Fist of the North Star collab is coming back, the Heroines collab is coming back. Like, If you're interested at all, now is a great time to jump in and be like, 
all right, I got a bunch of stones. I'm going to spend them. Um, shoot us a message. I'll add you on a friend list. We can, you know, hop in two player. I'll show you how to play all that stuff. It's great. And then other than that, uh, Disney Plus came out. So I, I have been alternating uh, between feeling sick and watching a bunch of old shit on Disney Plus. I haven't even watched The Mandalorian yet. Yeah, that's kind of I I didn't get Disney Plus um just because I you know, we're we're currently in the middle of three shows right now that uh-huh. uh, like we started watching Watchmen, which is freaking great. Is it? I've heard it good is. things, but I've also heard really terrible things cuz you know, it's the internet. Well, yeah, it's the internet. I don't know. I I'm not a huge fan of the original Watchmen comic. Oh god, no, I, it's awful. Yeah, I really didn't enjoy it, but I did enjoy the movie, and I like a lot of the ideas behind uh, Watchmen. I That's enjoyed, exactly how I feel about it. Yes, I enjoyed many aspects novel. of the movie. Yeah, uh, I didn't I enjoy like hundred percent of it. it it's it, it is a it is a good. solid movie. Uh, I I dug it, and the things I liked about it, I really liked. Um, but uh, no, the new show is great. Uh, it's really interesting too because it's not an adaptation of Watchmen. It's you know what what does the world look like a good. I don't know, 30 some 30 or 40 years after Watchmen happened. So yeah, that's like, dope. Like I I want to watch it, but you know, I Disney Plus has Darkwing Duck, Chris. It does. Now, we also started his Dark Materials, which uh mm. got off to a pretty good start. Uh we've only mm-hmm. watched one episode of that so far, and we uh, are like most of the way through the new season of Jack Ryan, which is just a delight. Is it? <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. But it's not it's not stupid. But it's stupid, you know what I mean? Like it's very smart. It's very like sure. high. And it's it's Jack Ryan. It's a it's like a one of those thriller novels splashed on a TV screen with big hunky yeah. John Krasinski. Yeah, it's great. It's just great. It's stupid fun. That's not that stupid. You, you got to pay attention to it. And uh, I, I yeah, like, like it a lot. like the first season or two of Twenty Four was like yeah. that. Like this a- is this lines. is objectively stupid, but it's great. Exactly, yeah. And I'm not sure I would go so far as to say it's great, but it's really mm. fun. <laughs> I'm really well, enjoying I mean, watching it, yeah. You you got to get yourself uh, ready for uh, the future Mr. Fantastic. I sure hope you know. so. <laughs> he would be great for that. Um, but yeah. It, that's, him, I, or, uh, him or Shia LaBeouf. Those are my picks. Those are interesting picks. <laughs> I like John Krasinski <laughs> more Dude, for that. But. Shia LaBeouf as Reed Richards phenomenal all right <laughs> mm. <laughs> but i didn't get disney plus because we're in the middle of those three things and you know she yeah. came back so i've got that to watch with the kids like uh, we're just we're just we're full right now <laughs> we're all full up here uh plus i don't know yeah i mean I, there was a lot of reports of it not functioning it wasn't functioning right for a couple of people that i know uh the thing with the simpsons is really bugging me <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple things on there that are a little like mm. they posted apparently a posted Ducktales up in the order that was in the DVDs, which is not like there's an actual sequential order. There's a story being told in Ducktales, and they just post them completely in this random ass order. Yeah, I don't know there, what that's about. There's um, there's a couple things on there that are like, ah oh, man, like you really. This really seems like something you should have just been like, all right, well, I mean, how does Netflix do it? And then just done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just put them up in the best quality possible. Like put some thought into it. Just some sure. thought. Because, yeah, everyone's watching Gargoyles, and that's great. I'm very happy everyone's watching Gargoyles. But like, fuck yeah. Could you just put DuckTales in order? Could you not 
crop the top and bottom of your Simpsons episodes? And did they really need to change Star Wars again? I <laughs> I mean, that's a whole thing. But the one is a whole thing. The the one thing that I will give them a ton of credit for is if you go on certain movies like Dumbo or Lady and the Tramp, like the original one, it has a disclaimer in the description of the film talking about how certain depictions of cultural stereotypes are no longer appropriate. They were well, that, yeah, that's we're good. not editing them, but these are not accurate portrayals of stereotypes, which is important, right? Because like if you look back at you know, Lady and the Tramp and you have the We Are Siamese song, like uh, that is just the, not the, crow, the crows and Dumbo. Yeah, the crows and Dumbo. Like those are just not things that could be done today. However, well, Warner Brothers did that with the um, the Looney Tunes DVDs, the well, Golden yeah. Collections. Uh, yeah. There was a whole a whole disclaimer that Will Be Goldberg comes out and has a whole conversation with you about the uh, the Speedy Gonzalez cartoons, and I'm like, cool, <laughs> way to go. It's just it's it's interesting to see a company be so thoughtful about that and not just edit it out because it it needs to be in there, right? Like you can't remove if I've seen an elephant fly from dumbo it's iconic it's problematic viewed but it's through a modern lens but it is still iconic nonetheless so just have it i it's a nice way to handle that but there is it for 6.99 a month there is such a stupid amount of content yeah, that is on that thing already deal. it's no ridiculous. song of the south but <laughs> well you will never see that again <laughs> You will never see that again. Evan might be able to show it to you. I Evan, have no interest. Are you I, listening? I'm, I don't Re- even you've, think I've ever seen it. Really? Oh, it's it's actually. I mean, there's a whole thing for another for yeah, another podcast show, but it, for another podcast. It's at, if you can find a copy, it is absolutely worth watching. Huh. All right. Well, yeah. good times. Yeah, that's that's what I I, I I'm gonna get it eventually. Most likely, yeah, it's seven dollars a month. Yeah, you're gonna get it if we didn't already have Frozen on Blu-ray from my my niece. Like we'd just mm. be okay. Well, there you go. Or seven ninety nine a month to let Ellie watch Frozen as many times as she wants. <laughs> Call it a day. Uh, but we have the blue. We got the Blu-ray from my niece. But uh, you know, th- just having the access to all the Disney movies in in nice even quality is a is mm-hmm. a pretty solid play. And all the Marvel movies and. The old Marvel cartoons. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, that's just... that's pretty great. The first thing I watched on Disney Plus was an episode of Spider Man and His Amazing Friends. Fantastic. The first thing I would watch <laughs> is probably Tron, just because I love Tron. I love Tron too. The, the I went. I just I wanted to watch it. I was like, I can't fucking believe this is on here, and watched through it. And was like, God, this is really not good. I mean, I love it, but it's really, really not good. So then I watched uh, Robin Hood, which oh, is my cool. favorite Disney movie. Classic. And my my dogs were very very unhappy about the whistling in the beginning. <laughs> like they were like, bet. "What the fuck is that rooster doing? Why is he whistling? We're gonna eat him!" Like they all just <laughs> went and like sat in front of the TV and were just like cocking their heads to the side, like, "Bitch, I, what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> it's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty great. Pretty great. So that's what I've been up to. Yeah, cool. Disney Plus. Oh, I did hear this. Saw a, a a tweet that went out today and was like, "Netflix and chill, nah. Hulu and hug, nope. Disney Plus and thrust, 
Fuck yeah. <laughs> Christ. Like, ew. That's awesome. <laughs> Love it. Way to go. Alright, so you, you gotta start tell me about Bloodstained. Right? That I gotta hear about that first. That's what we're starting with is Bloodstained? Yeah. Okay. Because I right. did indeed let you borrow it. As you we, did indeed let me borrow it. I thought I did. <laughs> I mean, that's how rich I am and yeah. how rich you are, obviously. We just... <laughs> games are just distributed helter-skelter and like, well, whatever. <laughs> I'll buy just, more copies. Just didn't even register with me. All right, so I started putting some real time into Bloodstain, and it took almost no time at all for me to just completely love it. I'm... I just it's don't great. want to stop playing it. It's, it's great. So it feels it feels like Symphony of the Night. It's I've got some issues with it. Um Sure. Mostly that it's not Castlevania. You know, it's it is just shy of the polish that you would expect from a Castlevania game. And I don't just mean that in performance issues, um, which I will get to those in both the Switch and PS4 versions shortly. I just mean in like I'm encountering uh, a lot of not just the same enemies, but similar enemies that have the same yep. like death animation or their death animation is odd, oddly fast for the size of the of the creature. Mm -hmm. um, the music is. I'm I, I'm finding that I'm most disappointed in the music because it is ultimately forgettable because it is so derivative of Symphony of the Night's soundtrack. Yeah. I would like, agree with that 100%. It's good. Not not just Symphony, too, too. It's like, I'll finish playing that game, and I'll be humming Castlevania music. Like, I'll mm -hmm. be humming other better songs when I'm done with it. Like, um, I got to the underwater, the, the, not the underwater area, like the catacombs with the waterfall. Yeah. That was, like, literally ripped out of uh, the Symphony of the Night, but the waterfall effect wasn't nearly as good as it was in Symphony of the Night. That's, I'll get to that in a bit. Um but then, like, the next area I went to, the music, it was, like, more of a dungeon-y kind of looking area, and the music was just like the music, right down to the sound of the drum beat uh, for the catacombs area with the waterfall and something mm -hmm. of the night. Like, I just keep running into this stuff over and over again, like, okay, I understand what's going on here, but if this was an actual Castlevania game, it would have more of its own... It would have more of its own identity, which is weird because this isn't a Castlevania game. It is nothing but its own identity, but right. it kind of isn't, you know? it's, it's Yeah, I mean, it's it's a Castlevania game. It is. It's a Castlevania game without whatever, without, without whatever Konami brought to the table back when Konami was making great Castlevania games, you know what I mean? Like, this game is not as polished as Symphony of the Night, uh, and it's just it just isn't going to be because it's not, it's still effectively an indie game that was published mm -hmm. by, uh, you know, a, a Kickstarter campaign and a very different kind of process. And what it resulted in is a very good and very entertaining experience. Like it is, it is as good as a Castlevania game, but it is not mm -hmm. as good as the best of them. So I'm really, really digging it. I'm having so much fun. Uh, I th I'm finding the story very interesting. I'm loving the voice acting. Oh my god, when I got to the librarian and it was Alucard from the original uh, cut of Symphony of the Night, I was just like, oh my god, I never thought I'd hear this guy say things again. Because I'd, I know. I'd never heard him say anything other than the, 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 the absolutely iconic Alucard lines. And hearing him talking, it was great. And I'm loving hearing David Hayter. 
uh, as this the like samurai I've, dick, uh, and he's the worst one. <laughs> he sounds like he's phoning that shit in. I'm not see. I've I mean, heard I love people it, but... say that, and I'm not getting that at all. I just, I love, I love this guy's personality. He's just so disgusted by you, and so angry that he has to not <laughs> kill you. Like that's all I get out of this guy. Like he shows up, and he's just like, I am gonna murder the shit out of you, and it's gonna be great. And then like that other woman shows up, <laughs> like, hey, could you chill? She's helping us out, and he's just like. <sighs> okay, oh, I'm gonna go be somewhere else now. <laughs> I just, I loving it. I, I'm, I'm really just having a ball with this game. I'm, I really think it's great. So, I'm, I'm in this weird, weird position right now because you did lend me the PlayStation Four one, and I really wanted to do a, a personal direct comparison because the input lag is gone in the Switch version. It runs at a fairly consistent 30 frames per second with, you know, with, Mm -hmm. with hiccups here and there. Uh, and I just wanted to see, cause I, we've talked about this before. It's like, I don't mind a 30 frames per second. And in some, in some instances, I can see that being a benefit. So I wanted to try the PS4 version and I tried it out and there were a few things that struck me as weird about it. The game starts up in approximately the same amount of time. Like that open, mm-hmm. when you first boot it up, that load screen is just long as shit. That's, there's no getting around it. It's the same right. on both systems. The Switch version saves much faster. Like whenever you go to a save point, you are in and out in like no time flat. And the PS4 one is like a couple of seconds. So not that that's, it's not a huge deal by any stretch. I, it was just something that I noticed when I played like, Maybe about, you know, a half hour or so of the PS4 one just to really get a feel for it. Uh, that was right. something that really stuck out to me, like, cause I save often in the Switch version because I died a lot in the beginning of this game <laughs> before I kind of got, you know, my weapons figured out and my fighting style figured out and my, um, uh, shards figured out of what I really like mm-hmm. to use. Uh, I died a lot. And so I was saving often and being able to save just super, super fast on the Switch one makes me very happy. Um, the 60 frames per second is really nice. Like there is yeah. no question the PS4 one looks better. Um, but what was weird was that I was playing and I was like, nah, this, this one feels smoother. It just feels better playing the PS4 one. It does. And then I, I just to make sure that I wasn't crazy, I put the Switch one in immediately, like just switched right over to it. It was already running and I started playing that and I was like, no, this feels exactly the same. <laughs> I thought it felt smoother because of how much smoother the frame rate was. But then as soon as I picked up the Switch controllers, nope, this feels 100% identical playing on both platforms. So that was kind of weird. That's good. Yeah, it is good. I'm I'm just having this, I was having this weird moment of like, do I like the 60 frames per second better than the 30 frames per second? Because... When I'm looking at the PS4 one, I'm like, yeah, no, I like this better. And then when I'm looking at the Switch one, I'm like, nah, I think I kind of like this better. Like it, it just has such a different vibe. You know, at 30, it feels right. more um, like film cinematic-ish almost, you know, like in the video, in the 60 frames, it's like, this is a silky smooth video game. And the other one right. kind of has a more, I guess, old schoolish feel to it. I don't know. Neither one of them is particularly bad. Um and this actually kind of leads into another thought about just the PS4 in general. But uh, obviously, I'm se- I'm I'm a decent number of hours into the Switch version, so I wasn't going to start all over again just to play it on on PS4. But I do think that the Switch version is comparable to it if you are not 
this has to be at 60 frames per second. Like, sure, sure. The visual I've in the side by side videos, I can see like a lot of the background visuals are better on the PS4 one. But when I'm playing the game, I just can't see it. I just don't notice it. Um, but I do. Really well, and like I think that's the case in a lot of stuff, right? Like there are very few instances where if you're watching something in 720 versus 1080, like unless you're looking at it side by side, you don't notice. Or you it. just have way better eyesight than I do, I guess. Yeah, you just don't notice. It's right now 720 to 4K, you notice a difference. Oh, 1080 yeah. to 4K, you notice a difference. But 4K to 8K right next to each other, like you're probably not going to notice unless yeah. you're really, really looking for it. Or if you're you sensitive know, which to is, that kind of stuff, which I'm right. not as sensitive to that kind of stuff. There's things like aspect ratio and whatnot. That's stuff I'm super sure. sensitive to, and other people aren't. Um, it, it just kind of depends on individual sensibilities. But I, I just, I am really, really happy I kickstarted this game, and I'm glad that the Switch version finally landed and is very playable. I did hit an area today, um, you know, that, that tower where the two-headed dragon attacks you from both ends? Yeah. With all the gears. That, yeah. Love that tower. It was really cool, but that chugged on the Switch version. I don't know if that's... Oh, really? I know that there's... I have heard that there were problem areas in the PS4 one, too. I don't know what they are, but I know that this was definitely a problem area. It was the only problem... It was the only area where slowdown actually slowed down the gameplay. Like, the, I've had slowdown before, but it just winds up being some frame skipping to keep up on itself, and it doesn't lose the feeling of the game. This area was just, like, not handling itself well, which was so weird because when the boss showed up, which I would think would be the more taxing thing because it's this giant two-headed thing attacking you from both sides while mashing up the tower, it ran more or less fine. It was just on the weird these segments where I'm trying to, like, go from point A to point B that it was just chugging, like, ridiculously. It was weird. But there are See, more now, patches I on the way, so... Right, right. Well, and I played it on the Pro. Um, oh, okay. I don't know how a much of a difference that makes. I mean, it does make a difference. I don't know, like, because I can't remember anywhere where I was like, huh, this is slowing down a little bit, you know? Like, I, I don't mm -hmm. remember that at all. But the Pro, you know, is, is certainly a better system than a stock PS4. Than a stock so, Switch. <laughs> than a stock Switch. You know, so. But it's well, to go am, back to my Konami yeah. point. This game shouldn't have any problems on any of the platforms. What no. we're looking at with the graphics that are on this on the screen, this game should not be this problematic. But that's the difference between an indie studio handling it the way that it was handling it, and you know the expertise that came with. Um, you know, the big publisher like Konami. And I'm experienced, I experienced something uh, very similar earlier tonight. Um, <clears throat> uh, to not to say well, we'll get back to Bloodstained, but um, I played through the demo on Switch for Super Lucky, uh, New Super Lucky's Tale. Um, okay. And the difference between that and ukulele is night and day. And we're talking about really? ukulele was demo, was developed by some of the most talented creators of a 3d platformer uh, in the biz you know these are the x rare people the ones who defined this genre and 
new super lucky's tail is night and it is silky smooth it's got a smart camera it feels really good to play it's very charming i really enjoy the demo it's i'm not going to go out and drop 60 bucks on it but i could see myself doing it it's way closer to a super mario odyssey than ukulele was like ukulele doesn't look just from an artistic angle any better than super lucky's tail it doesn't look more complex or anything it's a very similar animal but it does not run anywhere near as well as this game even on um hmm. uh on on other platforms it just doesn't feel the same way this game does uh and it's just there's that's the big difference right there you know uh I don't understand. I see. I don't know enough about programming to say I know what goes into it and this should be this way, but it's been proven that a game like Bloodstained does not have to run the way that it runs. It's just something about the way that it was built isn't functioning the way it should. And it reminds me of something like, you know, with the weird frame rate issues in Link's Awakening. That shouldn't be a problem. And, right. And, and it's yet- not. And yet it is. And it was weird because they there was a whole thing with Digital Foundry looked into like, okay, they just figured, well, let's just overclock the switch. Let's run the switch as if it was running at like four times normal power and it didn't affect the frame rate stutter. So it's like it's something that's wrong in the programming. It's not right. that the system can't handle it. And that's the, that's the situation with Bloodstained. The switch should easily be able to handle a 2D platformer like this, like. If it's it's running Doom for crying out loud, better right. than it's running Bloodstained, and that shouldn't be the case, but it is. So it's it, it it is a weird thing, and it's kind of it's kind of irksome to me to be playing through this thing and and just imagining what it's supposed to be like, or how much better mm-hmm. it'd be if it used hand drawn animation like Symphony of the Night as opposed to this polygonal approach. Um, but at the same time, I can't stop playing it. I'm just looking at the map and traveling around. It's everything that I didn't get out of Hollow Knight because I play these games almost constantly looking at the map and figuring out my next route, like what's my next move. That's what I love doing in Metroidvania type games. And yeah, me too. Just just loving the crap out of it. I really, really like it. It's a great game, man. Like it, it's very very good i would argue it is the best kickstarter game that has ever come out i don't i'm trying know to think enough. of what would i mean maybe shovel knight i mean i love shovel knight but i i kind of like the ambition of bloodstained a bit better um but yeah that's it's hard it, it's it pains me to say that because i really do love shovel knight like quite a bit but oh i do too you know I love Bloodstained's you know really Shovel good. Knight, but <laughs> Bloodstained's it, really fucking good. It doesn't have the personality Shovel Knight does. Uh, it doesn't have the ridiculous... Certainly the not. Ridic- but it, Bloodstained has Shovel Knight in it, technically. <laughs> technically, there is <laughs> the, a Shovel Knight. The, the, those Shovel Knight armors were so great. I, I forgot that was in there. Like, totally forgot that was going to be in there. And I encountered them like... Would you die already? Because those things take... Those things like damage sponges, for crying out loud. But, um, well, I mean, at some point. Well, yes, they... at some point. I, <laughs> I think I feel like I got to that area a little earlier than I should have because I'm constantly trying to sequence break, which is fun uh, and get places yeah. where I shouldn't and then dying and then be like, OK. But eventually I, I kind of figured out like I, I've been using the um, the, the the arrow 
thing where you shoot the three arrows. Yeah. Uh, that's the one that I've been sticking with more than anything else. Like I find more powerful ones, but in Symphony of the Night, I'd always use the knives too. Cause they, I just mm-hmm. find them to work the way I want them to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to having a lot of fun with that one. And, uh, I just, you know, I got the double jump, which is just opening things up a lot more. And I'm just having a blast with it. I it's love it. paced out really, really well. It is. Just looking at this map design has just been great. Like the way it brings you back to where it wants you to be very organically without it being like it, it is guiding me where the game is guiding me where it wants me to go, not telling me where it wants me to go. It's, right. It is the as smart. It is everything that ego brings to the table uh, in brilliant fashion. It's just the other stuff that's kind of in the way. <laughs> Which is yeah, somewhat unfortunate, but it's still darn good. And that's, I think, always going to be the case with, you know, a lot of the indie games is where it's just like, ah, there's like a little something that's missing. And it yeah, doesn't make and- it bad. It's just there's a little, it's a little left to center in certain yeah. aspects. And it's, and some indie games aren't that, you know, some indie, like Celeste is a hundred percent realized exactly what it should be. Dandara was everything it was supposed to be. Uh, though a lot of the indie games that are built from the ground up as their own thing are that, but then I'm, you've run into ukulele, you've run into bloodstained, you want mighty number nine. Uh, I think that the best one of those, as far as like a hundred percent uh, realizing exactly what they set out for was probably Toe Jam and Earl, mm. but even that wasn't even that wasn't a hundred percent. You know, there's some weird technical issues in that one that that could have been smoothed out had a bigger studio been involved to smooth out the you know iron out those right. wrinkles or something. Right. Uh, regardless of anything, I'm having a freaking blast, and I'm so glad I'm playing it. Um, I do promise to go back to Final Fantasy VII, but I am in this weird crunch period right now where I want to try to get through as many new games as possible, and I'm kind of pissed at myself for not doing it earlier. I just wasn't thinking about, like, oh, crap, Game of the Year is coming up, and I haven't played a ton of new games because I've been farting around with Super Nintendo games I've beaten 150 times <laughs> and uh, and trying to beat Final Fantasy VII. Like, okay, but I should really pay attention to some stuff so I have something to talk about for a Game of the Year episode. So, Well, see, but we can cheat on that a little bit, Chris, because neither you or I realized until earlier, I realized it er- earlier this week, and you're going to realize it now, that this is the not only the end of the year show, but the end of the decade show, which oh we've never done before. We've never done before. Because this is a Games of the Decade, Chris. Oh. Oh, my. All right. right? That's a whole yeah. other fucking thing that you I didn't even like think about until just now. I think that might be a whole other whole other episode, so we don't have to think of another episode topic. That's there two. Look at- <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Love it. Although, not, not, to be a, not to be that guy, but we're not that far away from our 300th episode i wonder if we should hold off on that until 300 i had the game that's another but that's 20 episodes away so that is that is fucking five months yeah i'm crazy i, I, I don't do time right <laughs> no it it seems like it should be a lot like oh we'll just you know i mean we could bang out one of these a night you know <laughs> you know get there no, pretty quick you. but Heaven i would die i mean I, well yeah. i fuck him but like, <laughs> I, we would die, Chris. Well, maybe not die, but I think we would run out of shit to talk about real quick. You think? I'm I'm funny once a week. <laughs> Twice a week is pushing it. After that, like, just ask Tiff. 
She'll be like, he's not that fucking funny. All right, so there was there was much other interesting things happening in in the world of of me. So with the, with the <laughs> farting around with the bloodstained thing, I started really thinking about the PlayStation Four, which is still one of the nicest gifts imaginable. I, I'm immensely thankful for it, and thinking to myself, okay, I'm not playing this thing. I'm just not. So. What can I do about this? How can I make myself play the PS4 more? How can I make it more inviting? And I started really analyzing what it, where it is that I play games. Obviously, I play on the Switch a lot, and I play on the go. I play in bed. I play on the toilet. I play at work. Like I play a bunch of places. But what I'm, where I'm also finding myself spending a lot of time is because I do prefer to play on the TV. Right. And I'm doing that in my living room. So I decided to move my PlayStation 4 upstairs to the living room, thinking that so like Karen and I will watch some TV for a while and then she'll go upstairs to take a shower and get ready for bed and I'll stay mm. up and play video games for another half hour, 45 minutes, hour, something like that. <laughs> so hours. I've I've made the executive decision that I just bring the PS4 up to the living room, hooking it up to that TV. And we're going to see where that lands. Now, obviously, I'm focusing a lot on new games for Switch that I want to get through for our end of the year discussions. But I am pretty confident that I'm going to boot up a Horizon and get somewhere because that that was that was my mission. That's what the, uh, the the nice people of the Internet gave to me. And I need to give that game some real serious consideration. And. I'm, I think having the PS4 upstairs is what's going to do it for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, for the PlayStation 4 and for my end of year discussion, uh, I picked up Bubsy today for PlayStation 4. <laughs> because the limited edition has dropped down to $15 on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This launched as a $40 game, I believe. I think $50 for the limited edition, if I'm remembering correctly. I could be wrong, but $15... It's not 10, but it'll do because so, it's the limited edition, right? Let's, uh, let's, sure. let's go with it. Uh, I will buy the Switch version, too, when it drops down to that price, but not a moment before. Uh, <laughs> may, maybe 20 bucks. I might go 20 bucks on the Switch one, the limited edition, but that's as much as I'm willing to pay for it. Dean uh, swears that the game is just as awful as, pos- as, as, as imaginable. I don't think that's going to be the case just because I have a lot of respect for choice provisions and I don't think they made a bad game. Sure. But I can say that I've already listened to the soundtrack for my research for the Waveback Awards and I was not super impressed. It's mm-hmm. not bad, but it wasn't very interesting. So, I don't know. It should be showing up in the mail tomorrow. Thanks, Amazon. <laughs> uh, so... I'll be playing Bubsy in my living room on the PlayStation 4 and uh, finally be able to give my impressions on that. Well, I can't wait. Right? It's just so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Almost as exciting as me waiting for your Death Stranding impressions. Oh, dude, I... Man, it it doesn't look like it's going to be on sale anywhere for Black Friday, which makes me sad because, like, Days Gone is going to be on sale and I'm getting that shit. It's going to be like 15 bucks at Target or something like that. <laughs> and the uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake is also going to be like 15 bucks. It's like Target or Best oh, Buy boy. or something. Yeah, that's like, a pretty sweet deal. I'm, I'm going to have those. Yeah. That's, that's a thing that's going to happen, so I don't know. I mean, I have, to, I have to, right? Like, I have to play it before the end of the year. I think you do, yeah. I think maybe I'll rent it. Redbox <laughs> or something like that. I there don't you know. go. We'll see. 
Somebody's got to have a spare copy of that game. Somebody has to have bought that game and said, I don't want to lay any more ladders down. I'm getting rid of this. <laughs> and just send it to you. Because, Somebody uh, could send it to... I'll send it back to you. Yeah. Lend it to Dan. Yeah. Through the mail. Message yeah. me. Or Chris. Speak, speaking of the mail, uh, I got the... I have to mention, I got the new issue of Nintendo Force in the mail today. Mm -hmm. And... This is a particularly awesome issue, and I know I'm a shill because I write for the magazine. I'm not in this issue of the magazine. I, this is just a really cool issue. So it's the Sword and Shield issue, uh, right. Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's uh, reversible, so like one side is sword, and then halfway through the magazine it flips upside down, and the other half is shield. But Which it's is about cool. it is a very cool thing, but it's about the split in the community about how. There's just all this controversy around the game and the national decks and the art assets and all kinds of stuff. So the, the so magazine is, it's it's ridiculous. It's very well themed around it and it has this really really cool long in depth article on the Pokedex and what and which which one were introduced, which ones were introduced in which game. And I'm looking forward to reading that. There's also a two page article by the magazine's editor in chief, Lucas Thomas about the wizard's 30th anniversary. And I freaking loved it because <laughs> he's, he wasn't pulling any punches on how and I feel exactly the same way. Everyone talks about how that movie is shit and it's just a hundred minute Nintendo commercial. And I'm like, no, there is a heart and soul in that freaking movie. And I love it. And Lucas feels the same way. And it warmed my heart to read it <laughs> because <laughs> the movie's getting a, a, a Blu-ray release next year. Um, I believe with a commentary, which I'm very excited to read, because the, as the story goes, the director of that movie actually tried. He wanted to make a family movie that was, you know, had this video game stuff in it, but it was also telling a story. Right. And it is, you know, schlocky. It's got some questionable dialogue and acting or whatever, but it is it is such a wonderful little 90s nostalgia thing in this world of video games that doesn't actually exist. It never did. Uh, that's just super fun. I I love that movie. I love that movie um, too. And who gives a shit if it's a hundred minute Nintendo commercial? And Nintendo's great. It ended with like, dude, Super Mario Three at the end of that movie was hype personified. It yeah. was one of the coolest things ever. I just oh, I, I don't movie. know why that's a bad thing. I don't either. That movie's great, and it's just one of those things that fa has fallen into the internet's hyperbole like oh it's this the worst movie ever it's so bad it's so terrible it's look at this scene it's awful it's gross it's terrible and it's just one of those things that the you know the young kids on the internet like to do is claim that something is the worst thing ever because it you know gets clicks or whatever I it, don't know. it is comparatively speaking like if you take the wizard and the super mario brothers movie the wizard is a fucking frank capra film like <laughs> it is not even close to the worst thing ever no, it's, it's such really a not. stupid ass statement. Yeah. So yeah, go buy the new issue of Nintendo Force. It's freaking good. It's I love that magazine so much. It makes me so happy. And uh, this was a, a really solid issue. Or subscribe. Or subscribe. Do that because eventually I will. Uh, I will be writing for it again. Um, they. <laughs> I had to actually. I. Th I think I turned down something to write about. Uh, they. The. Uh, the editor-in-chief uh, asked me if I knew anything about Digimon, and I was like, 
I'm no. sorry. I I don't. I know how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can make it up. There's something called an Agumon, I think, uh, and the kid wears uh, like goggles on his head. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. And I don't know. My girls said, love okay. it. Like, okay, thanks. I think you wanted me to do something for for Digimon related. Obviously, I don't yeah. know why you'd ask, but but yes, uh, I I love that magazine, and I'm done chilling for it. There. Let's move on. Um, Moving on. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time with Terry and Smash Brothers. God, and just, you're loving it? Uh, loving it. Lo- I'm loving Terry. I am absolutely loving using that character. He's so much fun to use, especially in one-on-one fights. Um, he, I just, he just makes so much sense to me. Uh, but it's, it, it got me sucked back into that game. And I'm still I'm taking my jolly old time with Smash Brothers because it's super long. And right. so I jumped back into World of Light and... Um, I just did the Legend of Zelda area, and I didn't know there was going to be a full Castlevania map, which mm. is so cool, because like you start off and it's playing the regular Castlevania mu- music, and I figure that's just going to be the background music, but when you climb stairs to the area that looks like level two, it starts playing the level two music, I was like, oh, you guys. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> you guys. This Come is on. great. I'm loving this. So yeah, I've just been spending a ton of time with smash brothers whenever i'm not playing bloodstained i'm basically playing smash brothers um which has been which has been fun i'm still loving that game i'm still really hoping that ryu hayabusa is the final uh dlc character for the first round of dlc characters because he just needs to be mm-hmm. <laughs> there just needs to be ninja Gaiden and smash it would make me so happy Oh, let's see. Uh, because of the new Pokemon game uh, and the fact that I'm not buying it, um, <laughs> John, I showed John a, uh, one of the new, newer trailers for the game, like on YouTube, because we were looking at other stuff, and he he saw that, and we're like, "Yeah, let's watch this." And he's like, "Hey, we should play Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. We haven't played that in a while." I was like, "All right, sure, let's do it." So I spent like two hours playing it yesterday because I I hurt my back, so I haven't been able to do much of anything other than lay down on the couch and play video games. So I spent like two more hours playing Pokemon Let's Go. Like, yeah, this is still fun. I'm still glad I own this game. Mm-hmm. And I think I might actually beat it someday. So go me. Uh, the other things that I did were um, we started the Labo Piano. Oh. So John's been really interested in learning learning a musical instrument. And he seems to be really interested in playing a keyboard or a piano. And I'm like, well, we can't buy you one right now, kiddo. but Because <laughs> those are fucking expensive. But we can build one. <laughs> so we started putting together the Labo Piano Kit, and I'm, again, just completely in awe at the uh, the engineering behind these things. So we we built the whole case of it, right? So the case has been built, and now we're working on the keys. And they start you with the black keys. And so I'm looking at this thing like, okay, so this, this is a key. How does this work? how is this going to function as a keyboard? Like what's you, you kind of put it on there's this weird, like toothy kind of thing that's laid out. And then you fold these, the keys and you lay them on top of there and they kind of sit balanced on this thing. Okay. And it's, they, the, its own weight is its counterbalance. So you press it and it works like a freaking key. But as you, after you build it, it tells you to open back up the top so you can see on the inside. You have to put the um, reflective tape on the end of it, and so you can see how it's how it's functioning because the the um, the Joy-Con with the IR sensor gets plugged into the back of it, and as you press the keys, the the reflective tape 
uh, raises up and the IR sensor reads that tape so it can tell what note you're playing. Hmm. And I'm like, geez, that's geez, that's brilliant. That's <laughs> clever. I never could have thought of like the people who came up with these Labo kits are freaking geniuses. I never could have thought in my wildest dreams how to build a functioning piano out of a Nintendo Switch and cardboard. But damn if they didn't pull it off. And yet, indeed, they did. And yet, indeed, they did. Uh, So that's been a hoot. And uh, John keeps wanting to spend more time with it. But, you know, we just haven't had the time to do it. Uh, the only other thing that I've been playing is a cute little game called Wrecked. Okay. R-E-K-T. Uh, it showed up as a new release on the, the Switch eShop, and John was like, anytime John sees something with a car on it on the eShop, mm-hmm. I was like, does it have a trailer? I want to see it. And so I opened it up, and I can't even remember if it did have a trailer, but I had some pictures, and it looked cute. And, and I was just like, this is $3. Sure, let's let's give it a try. Let's give it a shot. And it is... It is quite delightful. It's, uh, I mean, it just, it seems like almost, I guess, like a mobile game, but it's not filled with microtransactions or anything. It's just like, well, that's something. It's just ridiculously simple. It's this $3 game you get in a car. It's got, it, it auto automatically drives forward. Uh, and the right analog stick just makes you do flips or spins or whatever. It's very physics based. And you're just sitting in a big arena and you try to do as many stunts and tricks and stuff as you can and within a time limit. And the more you do, eventually you unlock new arenas and new vehicles. And the vehicles are all, you know, not real cars, but like the sure. second thing you unlock is like an ice cream truck. And then yeah. you re- re- do a different kind of race car. And eventually he unlocked a, a street sweeper. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is ridiculous. And I thought that they were all controlling the same way, but they don't. The street sweeper goes like ultra slow because it's a freaking street sweeper. So you can't do any stunts with it. You're just constantly crashing. And every time you crash, it just goes wrecked on the screen real big. (laughs) Like, oh, well, this is just delightful. So wrecked, R-E-K-T. It's like $3 on the Switch. It's like a week old. And if you have a kid who likes playing stupid car games, you could do a hell of a lot worse than wrecked. So far, there only appears to be one song in the game, <laughs> but it's not offensive. It's not catchy or anything that's in your face. It's just like super generic background rock music. Um, I mean, that's all right, was, though. It is yeah, what it's it fine. is. It was a very pleasant surprise. I'm I'm kind of thrilled with it. I'm, we're 20 points away from being able to open up our second arena to play in, and I'm oh, hoping cool. that comes with a new song. Uh, but there seems to be like a pretty deep well of content in this game just takes a while to get to all of it and that's fine because he just likes going in there and crashing into things and driving up walls and you know the physics don't make any damn sense and it's fine it's just a ridiculous thing for three bucks so i am uh i'm surprised you didn't get that uh ambulance game i was thinking about it it was 20 bucks and i need to convince karen to play it with me first okay fair fair and i brought it up and it's like well we still have a whole lot of overcooked to do Sure, sure. Most of the time when we've been playing games together, we've just been playing co-op Picross, which is super fun. Um, But it does look really fun. That what what the game's called? Uh, Stretched or something? Something like that. Yeah. That game looks ridiculous. And it was weird because they just shadow dropped that. Yeah. Nintendo just woke up one morning like, hey, here's a trailer for this really weird co-op ambulance game. And it's available now. And let's never speak of it again. (laughs) And we published it. Yep, we published it. Here it is. The end. 
by Nintendo. <laughs> by Nintendo. <laughs> like, that was it. And then it just, I mean, I don't know if maybe it is getting some publicity and I'm not seeing it because literally all that I've seen for the last couple of days is, you know, Game Freak lied. They're terrible. How dare they make this Pokemon game this way? And just the unfathomable ire of like, like the Pokemon community is really creeping up on the Star Wars community on being awful. Now, well, granted, it's as big and there. as old. <laughs> it's not as old as Star Wars. Well, no, I mean, it's not oh, as old as Star Wars, but I mean, are. like the audience members are adults, like full fledged our age. Yeah. You know what and I mean? They're like, really pissed off about a lot of stuff. But the, I guess the big difference between, you know, the Pokemon anger is that it's based off of, you know, things you could look at and say, well, that's a minor inconvenience as opposed to the Star Wars community, which is just like, raise a Mary Sue because she's a girl. And, yeah. <laughs> Let's be yeah. angry about fucking everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't understand the like i can't even look objectively at the star wars criticisms and be like yeah no this is this is worth getting bent in a shape over but i can look at the pokemon stuff and be like i can imagine if i this is something i truly cared about being moderately upset about it <laughs> this I is mean, a minor a, inconvenience uh, at most to a point yet yeah, like uh, mm. Mm. but anyway it's been ultra toxic like really really nasty stuff uh so maybe that's just overshadowing anything that I could possibly see on Stretched. But I tell you what did on the internet for a day. Did you see that new Sonic movie trailer? So I have to go see this movie now, Chris. I do, too, because we complained about it and then they fixed it. And they fixed it. And it looks so much better. God, it's unbelievably better. It looks like Sonic. It does. He doesn't have creepy, white, creepy, slender fingers. He's wearing big old cartoon gloves. And he's got it's the, the big the eyes. Face. Oh, the face, the color. It's just. It's did so you watch much any better. of the side by side comparison videos? Yeah, they it's, are frightening. It, <laughs> they really how freakish are. That thing was. They really, really like. They did such a better job this time around, and it's like that's all you had to do from the beginning. And like, okay, you didn't. Cool, but you fixed it. Yeah, and like, which, I mean, goddamn it, internet, it don't. Don't get this shit, like, don't get this twisted and think, like, oh, we're just going to bitch about everything now. Like, no, nah, that's not it's not how that works, but... Yeah, no, this is a strange situation where it was like, this is what I wish would have happened with the Ninja Turtles. Because <laughs> well, they, they took a beloved character um, and have obviously designed it by committee, by people who have no reverence or interest in the source material, and just were just like, well... Yeah, let's just do this for these reasons and made a grotesque, horrifying monster out of an adorable, cartoonish, beloved character. And the conspiracy theory, the tinfoil hat theory was that this was all done on purpose. Like they mm. made this really ugly one on purpose to drum up all this hate. And they already had this one sitting in the sitting in the back and they were going to be like, hey, we fixed it. We 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 listened and we did what you wanted us to do. Nope. but that's stupid. No. <laughs> not not only is that stupid because there was like they made merchandise with the old sonic design yeah, like yeah. that halloween costume exists like they there's no way they spent that kind of money on a fake out and mm -hmm. they also gave up that prime uh holiday season like the movie should have been out already yeah like yeah right that's here not in a november, thing they did guys that's not a thing they did also promise the the 
the one of the, the the head design people on Sonic Mania was hired to do the new Sonic thing, and he busted out on Twitter like, "I can't believe they let me work on the Sonic movie, guys! This is amazing." And like, well, there's your theory debunked because they just they called in some dude who understands why people like Sonic and fixed it. Yeah, and like, and see, this is the problem because like people will get online and be like, "This is what I think happened," and then everybody else will read that and go. This is what happened. It's like, no, mm-hmm. no, there, there's a word you missed there, guys. Yeah, it's an important theory, word. But it's, that theory mm. is officially debunked. So if you're out there uh, claiming that uh, the Sonic movie was crap on purpose, like they didn't fix the script. I still think it looks like a cute kids movie. Like, sure, it's going to be schlocky, but it's and that's what it should be. Exactly. This movie is exactly what it should be. Like, I think. you know, um, I. You're making a Sonic movie? That should be a kid's movie, in my yeah, opinion. Like, is... you shouldn't be making that for grown-ass adults. Like, you're trying to... You have to imagine that the thought here is, like, let us re-engage a fan base in Sonic and grow new fans of Sonic. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, because things can't exist on nostalgia alone. Right? That's been proven you have to get new people into it it's why if things could exist purely on nostalgia then we would still be playing side-scrolling mario games you have you have to do something new with it <laughs> that's I-, I guess that's true except you know we are still playing side-scrolling well, yeah, mario sure games. but i those are not the only things that we have that's true is what yeah, i'm saying there is lots of evolution we'd still be playing you know exclusively 2d sonic games that yeah. aren't terrible but, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that's all i got for for the opening segment you now all i got like i was just talking for however the hell long i was talking yeah i mean uh, we've been recording yeah, for an hour so you know it's been a heck of an interesting week and uh, it's been a a big old week chris it really has and i, I can't wait to get back to bloodstained i'm my next mission is uh after Bloodstained is probably going to be Ukulele in the Impossible Lair, um, which is another game that I think might be up there for my it's something that I might want to talk about for a game of the year contention because I've heard really, really good things about it. Right. But I've also heard so many good things about Luigi's Mansion. I think I'm going to try to get my hands on that. I'm yeah, not nuts about I'm dropping actually, 60 bucks on I'm it, actually interested in that one. I mean, Dean said some really nice things about it earlier today, and like the review scores, not just the review scores, but the reviews themselves, the way people were talking about the game kind of changed my opinion on it, because like I wasn't interested enough in Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon to spend any time with it. Sure. I own it, and I just never played it, because like I really liked Luigi's Mansion. And I like the company that's that made like I love next level games. I love their their take on Punch Out, but I just don't really want to play this on the 3DS. I don't know what it is. I just don't feel like it. Right. So I never got around to it. Um, and that's kind of how I felt somewhat ambivalent about this new Luigi's Mansion game. But I heard really solid things about it. How it just takes the best of the first two games and makes a really solid game out of it. It's not ten out of ten, but it's it's really fun and that sounds kind of right up my alley and so i think i'm 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 going to find a way to give that game a try but those two and creature in the well are probably the 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 three highest ones that i want to go after before the end of the year cuz i know, i know if i got to choose between luigi luigi's mansion and astral chain i'm going to pick luigi's mansion because right. I did Bayonetta 2 this year you know i played mm-hmm. that earlier this year and i know astral chain is chain is different but 
I, if I got to choose between those two, Luigi's Mansion is not a, not like anything I've played this year. So right. I, I want to lean in that direction. And um, I'd love to get to Marvel Ultimate Alliance. But again, I don't see myself getting $60 worth out of that game, uh, at least not right now. So there's just, just there's only so many hours in the day. So uh, those are just going to have to go on the back burner for the time being. And I'll just try to get through as many of these other games as I can. It sounds like a plan, Chris. Indeed. All right, we're going to take ourselves a quick break, and when we come back, Dan and I are going to talk about who we are thankful for this week, because it's November, and it's all about being thankful. You're listening to the Stone Age Gamer Podcast from Geekade.com. Stick around. Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Hey guys, Vestlord Dean DeFalco here to tell you that we have a Twitch. Uh, yeah, Geekade has a Twitch, and we are streaming at least once a week. Uh, every Thursday, we are on from 6 to 11. That's five solid hours of me failing at whatever game is uh, going on that week. You want to see me cry? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me achieve a massive victory? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me eat food? Mukbang right there. Twitch.tv slash Geekade. Guys, check it out. It's a lot of fun. We got emoticons. uh, We got sub badges. We got all sorts of stuff going on over there. And if you just want to pop in, say hi, give us a follow. You know we really do appreciate it. Trying to uh, spread the love, trying to spread Vestlore Global to a house near you, maybe even your house. So guys, pop in, say hello, and we'll catch you next time on twitch.tv slash geekade. See you then, guys. Stay Vestly, keep playing games. Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, Geekade is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. And we're back. So uh, we are here in our the second week of our month of thankfulness here on the Stone Age Gamer Podcast, where Dan and I are spending the month uh, talking about what people and or things creators in the video game space that we are very thankful for because uh there is no shortage of negative ire on the internet and we want to be a force for good so uh i mean do we do we ultimately is that what we want this month it is this month (laughs) (laughs) that's all change in a few weeks so dan why don't you uh, you kick us off again this week who is who is your pick this week 
All right, so my pick this week is Jordan Mechner. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jordan Mechner is an uh, American video game designer who has not made a ton of games, uh, but what he has lacked in quantity, he has certainly made up for in quality. Uh, this guy's where he's been involved in in games has been uh, Karatika or Karatika or uh, however the fuck you say. Yeah, I remember that. Um, the original Prince of Persia, its sequel, The Prince of Persia Two: The Shadow and the Flame, uh, one that I never played, The Last Express, and then he was also in uh, the game designer for the Prince of Persia: Sands of Time. Uh, reboot of the franchise. And then there was uh, Karateka, uh <laughs> sounds like it's an erotic karate game, which I would be super into, I think, because uh, that sounds just ridiculous. <laughs> but um, that came out in the 360 in 2012, and I never played that. Um, however, I did want to focus on the original Karataka, uh the original Prince of Persia, and the remake. So one of the things that I always thought was super cool about Mechner's games is that they were incredibly cinematic in a way that was not really done in video games um, outside of, uh, you know, like a few creators. And if you go back and look at the original Karataka, which came out in 1984 on the Apple II, Right, so like a system that was basically a computer that was basically dead. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, because you know, I was four. Um, <laughs> uh, like the Apple II was not getting a ton of games. Like I, th- I forget what was coming, what came right after that, but it was kind of like at the end of its life. And if you go back and like, you can find videos on YouTube, or I'm sure it's in the Wayback Machine. You could find that too, or in the Internet Archive, and it starts off with like just the, it kind of like pops up with like the broader bund logo and then it's a game by Jordan Mechner and then the title comes in and then there's a scroll and it's just it feels very cinematic and then you play through this game and it was it, it's kind of like a um i mean shit i guess the best comparison would be a much slower version of uh kung fu uh for NES because okay. it is a a very slow game, but you could see already the talent in the animations that this guy was was able to pull out. Because you, your main character, as you walk across the the screen, you do like the crossover karate walk that was mm-hmm. like super popular in all of the uh, the American um, ninja movies that happened in like the the early eighties, like late seventies, early eighties, like american-made kung fu movies um but it's this very kind of deliberate pace and the fighting looks really cool it looks really authentic um but then he put out prince of persia and the original prince of persia is this incredibly intelligent beautifully designed game that was i remember playing this as a kid like this came out in um 1989 Mm -hmm. right um, or maybe that's when the Apple II was was dying because it came out for the Apple II as well. So that might have been, I don't fucking know. I don't care. Um, really, and it doesn't matter. Um, but that game was eventually ported basically to everything, right? Like there's a, a version of the original Prince of Persia on I, on everything, and 
I remember playing this game as a kid and it was hard, but it wasn't on it wasn't cheap. It was just like you really it was again very very deliberate in what you were supposed to do and how you you were supposed to figure out this world. Like it was it was a big puzzle and it animates beautifully. It looked gorgeous at the, the time. The animating, I was just going to say like I, I had never seen anything that looked like that before, that, like, rotoscoped sort of effect. I had never seen that before. And I, it, Prince of Persia was just like, wow, that looks amazing. I was stunning. It was absolutely stunning. And it was one of those things that, like, you would show to people, and it was like, oh, okay, video games can be kind of serious, I guess. You know, like, it wasn't this kind of hokey-looking thing. It was this really impressive... And it played really well, and like it was just, uh, man, like the original Prince of Persia was just this <laughs> fabulous, fabulous game. And then uh, the second one came out in uh, in '93, which was also excellent. Um, you know, a lot, a lot more the same, you know, but like a sequel, bigger and better. Um, then he did a game for Windows and DOS uh, called The Last Express, which I never played. Um, and that was in 97. And then he was gone for a little while. Like, I was doing some research, and apparently he went off to, like, film school and, like, was trying to make films and, and that sort of thing. But he came back in 2003 working with Ubisoft to do Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. And for whatever that series became, that original Prince of Persia reboot uh, is absolutely one of my favorite games of that generation. It's... Uh, mine too. That game was freaking brilliant. That Prince of Persia reboot. I they, I loved it. They they took everything. They took the spirit of the original Prince of Persia, dropped it into what modern gamers expected, and then just blew it out of the water as far as design and the intelligence and the layouts and the uh, rewind mechanic. Oh we my god! Just, seen that? That was new then. It was so fucking cool like that that was the thing about that prince of persia game was that it was just fucking cool everything that you did in that game felt great to do like the wall running and the jumps and all the parkour and shit it was just so much fucking fun and it controlled beautifully and i mean this guy just knocked it out of the park and has influenced an, a, a metric ton of game designer designers to make their games more interesting in their layouts and more fun to play. And you can see elements of things, like you were saying, like the rewind me mechanic, like a lot of the, the ways that you would move through the world and interact with the environment. You can see that in games that are coming out today. And that was not being really done before this Prince of Persia remake. Just like a lot of the platformers that were coming out in the 80s and early 90s, changed after the original prince of persia came out they they had more interesting layouts and more puzzles throughout the throughout the environments and this guy has had such a profound influence on the gaming industry as a whole that i cannot help but be incredibly thankful that he exists and has put this amount of love and creativity out into the world for us to enjoy this is an excellent pick that I did not see coming. Um, right, because Jordan Mechner is not like, people know his name, 
but he, I don't. I would argue he's not at like the superstar s- status. Uh, he's not even at David Crane level. Like it's just not a, like you said the name, and I'm like I know I've heard that name, but I can't picture why. Like it's and it, it is strange because it's such a a seminal game. You know, it's such an important. Uh, the original Prince of Persia, in particular, is just such a super important piece of gaming history, and that Prince of Persia remake just. Uh, it's one it's, again it's it's also one of my favorite games of that generation and i will always be pissed at assassin's creed for essentially taking it you know like yeah you just and, and stop really making did. prince of persia games because of assassin's creed like they'll never mm-hmm. convince me otherwise it's just like we started doing this and then you know the series kind of lost its way with the warrior within but then kind of got itself back together for the third one which i can't remember the name of and right. um then it went away for a little bit. Then they did the reboot of the reboot, which I thought was still pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. But apparently nobody else did, and we'll never see a sequel to it. Uh, so, you know, that's just kind of dead in the water. And then they went back to the previous Prince of Persia remake, did a somewhat subpar one for PS3 and 360 that everyone played and thought was subpar, and a phenomenal game on Wii, apparently, that nobody played because it that was on Wii. That nobody played. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then that was it. And that was it for Prince of Persia. And that's a damn shame because, man, Ubisoft was dropping some cool stuff in that generation, you know, like between they really that were. and Beyond Good and Evil, which <sighs> Beyond Good and Evil 2 is still just one of those things I look at and say, I wish I could be even remotely interested in this, but it looks right. nothing like it looks like it has nothing in common with what I liked about the original. So, bleh. um, yeah, man. This is the great pick and uh, some really, really killer games. And maybe, I mean, we can be hopeful that he will come back and save Prince of Persia again with some new iteration of it. And even if he doesn't, for the love of God, just do a nice, fancy HD remake of the original Prince of Persia Sands of Time. Oh, man. Like, I just, would buy that in a heartbeat. I would buy it tomorrow, like, without question. It would yep, make me without question. so happy. So happy. I really wish I liked God, that movie I, that too. game. Well, that I mean, and that was the like other such thing a great was, idea. Like that's that, a good that was the other thing I was going to mention. Yeah, he wrote the original screenplay for it. Now it was then taken and you know made into a Hollywood movie after that. But like he was involved in that as well. And that movie is not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. No, uh, it's but not. Jake I Gyllenhaal. It. Jake Gyllenhaal was a horrible choice. Yeah, stop. Don't like, don't cast ju- a white dude as the Prince of Persia. <laughs> yeah, just just really didn't work. Just, it it yeah. just really did. And like they tried to make him tan and all of that, but like that's just that's just also not Jake Gyllenhaal. You know, no, like as an actor, not. that's not really his wheelhouse. It was wild you know, that, like, he did effectively, after all the makeup and hair was done, he did effectively look the part. But, like, this mm-hmm. game shouldn't have been hard to adapt to make a really mm-hmm. cool movie. It just shouldn't have. Um, but they kind of screwed the pooch on it. And it should have been a super awesome franchise. But instead, it was a, a one-shot that got buried in the sands of time. <laughs> oh, shit. Was that uh, was that Disney? Yeah, is that Disney, Disney that did that? 
That yeah, didn't... I think it's on Disney Plus. Because, like, Disney fucked up a couple things at that time. Like, mm -hmm. the John Carter of Mars movie. That, that movie's great. I don't care what anyone says. I went to go see that I... movie. We were like, man, this is going to take off. This was a good flick. And then, like, I the next day, everyone was like, well, this was a bomb. This movie. No, it's. What... I liked it. It was a good I... movie. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it, but I also really like the source material from it, which I know is kind of like where some people had the issues. Um, but man, like they, they fucked that up. I don't know how they fucked it up, but like they really fucked that one up. Like that, that's a huge franchise. Like the, the John Carter stuff is more than just that one story. And oh my goodness. Yeah. It's been going on for a long time. It's they're still making comics about it. Yeah. Like, um, and they, they fuck that up. They fucked the Prince of Persia up. Yeah. Um, there were a couple other things that they did back at that time where it was like, nah, swing and a miss Disney. You're not really on this live action thing right now. And, like and it you were good back in the day, like Mary Poppins and fucking, you know, escape from witch mountain and flight of the navigator and like all that shit. And then, like, there's this middle period where, oh, I don't know. And then, like, you kind of got back to it, like, you know, their, their sports movies were okay, like the Mighty Ducks. It's still not a good movie, you know, but, like, <laughs> but like we love the but Mighty yeah, Ducks. Yeah, it's, it's a classic. It's fun. Uh, just, just quick side tangent about Disney live action stuff, though. I mentioned before that I'm a big Tron fan. Mm -hmm. And that Tron cartoon was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I really liked Tron Legacy. Yeah, it was great. I really, really liked that movie. And the movie performed very well. Tron but then Tomorrowland awesome. tanked. And Disney was mm. like, well, I guess people don't like live action sci-fi stuff from us. Let's cancel all our projects. Like, no, no, that's not the lesson you learned yeah, from this. That's, that's not the one you should have. Nope. You fucked Tomorrowland that one up. has nothing to do with Tron. You left it open for a third movie that... Yeah. was they left it open for such good stuff that i was so excited for and it's just not gonna happen but i they keep filling me with little bits of hope that maybe it will happen right because their facebook page is freaking active like every couple of months it just like pops yeah. up with a new picture being like believe or something like flynn lives like why are you doing this to me why are you doing <laughs> don't this do to that me? don't, don't do that. give me hope and you better believe that in almost every ad for Disney Plus, Tron has been focused in it. Tron has been shown off in every one of these freaking ads. Like, okay, you know people like this property. It's been in Kingdom Hearts for crying out loud. Give us Tron 3. Killian Murphy well, doesn't be... have a lot going on. Just give us Tron 3 before <laughs> Jeff Bridges up and dies or something. Like, come the hell on. Do it. That'll be an interesting thing to see because they'll be able to track what is and is not being watched on Disney Plus, right? So if there's a ton of interest in certain properties, like maybe we get more new Darkwing Duck stuff, or maybe Gravity Falls makes a comeback, or maybe Tron, they're like, shit, people are really honestly fucking, let's let's go ahead and do this. Well, I mean, you Gargoyles know, so, was trending today. Like, but oh, that's the thing. More Gargoyles. See, this, that's the you thing. need to get Disney Plus, Chris, and you need to just keep watching Tron. But I fucking loop. I bought those Gargoyles DVDs. And you know what? Everyone bought those Gargoyles DVDs. Do you know why they didn't release the third one regularly? 
because the mm. second one didn't sell as well as the first one. The first one, mm. the first set sold like freaking gangbusters. Then TV shows on DVD kind of started seeing a lull. Like, okay, the the uh, the joy of getting TV shows on DVD, the the uh, the freshness of it, the novelty of it has start started to wear off. So they released Volume Two, which is huge. It is a massive season. It's way more expensive than the first volume. And wouldn't you know, it sells slightly less than the first one. And Disney's lesson they take from that is nobody cares about gargoyles anymore. Guess we don't have to release the third season or, or season two, part two. Sorry, not season three. Just yeah. part two of season two, the rest of what we already started. Eventually, mm-hmm. it did get a DVD release only available through their mail order service, which I freaking bought because it's great. But because it's gargoyles and again, it's fucking it's dope. One of those things that you just never know what lesson they're going to take from very clear and obvious things. Tron did very well, performed very well in theaters. You would think that th- there is your answer. It performed well in Blu-ray. It performed well in theaters. We should go ahead and the make merchandise a third one. did great. But Lego instead, Tron Tomorrowland cycles. tanks. So let's cancel Tron three. No, no. But I'm not a multi-billionaire corporation. I didn't see it either. George Clooney. I like George Clooney, too. Yeah. He's a handsome man. Anyway, that was, like, way off the rails. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Jordan Mechner, I'm happy he exists. And I bet he likes Tron, too. (laughs) I'm sure he does. Everybody fucking likes Tron. Right? I mean, the first movie is so good and so boring. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. (laughs) (laughs) So much that movie is so dull, and I love Uh. it. God, I love, love it. it to pieces. Anyway, so what do you got? So I do not have a person because okay, I I would love to thank a person for this, but the p- direct people involved, I cannot figure out who they are and have never been able to for the life of me. The closest I got was in doing research for um, we just recorded the Earthbound episode of Waveback last night, me and Matt. Okay. And in the process of doing um, research for that, I came across uh, one of the composers, which uh, who goes by the name of, I'm bringing it up right now, I didn't have it open already. Um, one of the composers, do-do-do, where are you, was somebody by the name of Toshiyuki Ueno. Uh, okay. Who was credited as working on Mario's Picross and a couple other Picross games. Okay. But that's the only name I've ever actually found properly associated with some of my favorite games ever. So I would like to profess my undying thankfulness for Jupiter Corporation and the unnamed people who work there. Jupiter Corporation is the the company behind the Picross games. Um, Okay. That dates back to Game Boy's Mario's Picross. Uh, and then all of the unreleased ones we didn't get in America, Mario Super Picross, Picross 2, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then eventually, you know, once the DS rolled around, we got Picross again. We got Picross DS, then we got Picross 3D, uh, then for the 3DS, Picross E, E2, E3, E4, E5, E6, E7, E8, E9, <laughs> and now on Switch, Pokemon, uh, sorry, Picross S, S2, and S3, uh, and there's just been other you know, Picross things here and there throughout history. 
I friggin' love the Picross games. They've been imitated a bunch on mobile phones and, and whatnot, but I have never seen anyone do it. No, no, nobody does it the way Jupiter does. Even right. when they add extra bits and extra colors and all kinds of other stuff, like there is a certain way that Jupiter puts these things together, the way they feel to play, the way they sound, the way they look are just wonderful. Um, and I and seriously, I've mentioned on the show before, but Mario's Picross was an obsession of mine on the original Game Boy. And I carried that cart with me for 13 years, like consistently. I always had Mario's Picross available to me, and I played through the game start to finish several times over a 13-year period because they just wouldn't release any new Picross stuff here in America until Picross DS when I lost my freaking mind. And I was like, oh my God, new Picross finally and i just played the shit out of that one and now i now we're spoiled for picross games now they're right. they're all over the place and that's great and i couldn't be more thrilled about it and i'm so glad that the same company is still doing them because they just keep refining it with each new release they don't change a lot but the little bits that they do change just get a little bit more interesting every time um and i wish i could say that there's this person or these people to talk to and thank but I've never seen any credits in a Picross game, uh, and nobody really goes out of the way to try to track down who these people are. There, um, Jupiter seems to be this relatively like um, secretive, not uh, probably not immensely secretive on purpose, but just there's not a lot of people doing research on them. It's just uh, their Wikipedia page is you know a sentence and then a list of games like <laughs> there's just not much there they were founded in 1992 so they're 27 years old um president of the company is makoto nakayama uh and under pro under products it just says picross <laughs> which is fun uh because it's not the only thing that they've ever done uh in fact they've been involved in according to um uh, their Wikipedia page, they've been involved in a lot of very interesting products. Uh, they okay. were involved in the software and the Game Boy camera, hmm. uh, which was a fun little thing. Uh, they were involved in the development of Pokemon Pinball, which is a very solid pinball game. It really is. You know what else is a very solid pinball game? Sonic Pinball Party for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. That's a really freaking fun pinball game. Uh, and they co-op, they were involved with Sonic Team making Sonic Pinball Party and the sequel to Pokemon Pinball, Pokemon Pinball Ruby and Sapphire for Game Boy Advance. Also for Game Boy Advance, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, which was hmm. a genuinely great game up until the end where I wanted to kill it because I couldn't <laughs> get that one random card to drop. Um, so yeah. Moving on to Nintendo DS, they were involved. They uh, helped Capcom develop Ghost Trick, Phantom Defect, Phantom Detective, not Defective. Uh, they <laughs> helped Square develop The World Ends with You, which is a, it's a game with a huge cult following. Um, yeah, both of those are. And what a, a game franchise that I find immensely interesting uh, and never played. Uh, I'd never heard great things about, just that it was you know above average. But the Spectrobes series. Uh, Spectros I've heard of that and Spectros Beyond the Portals. This was, um, uh, according to again Wikipedia, this was the uh, the first original property ever created by Disney Interactive Studios. Hmm. Uh, they had only ever done other things based on TV or films, uh, 
you know, that were Disney stuff, this was it's, yeah. uh, the first unique Disney property that was just a video game. Uh, and I believe it sold pretty well because it did get a sequel. Uh, but that was right. Jupiter helped with that of all companies. Good. There's after that, it's pretty much, uh, you know, there's something called Med, uh, Metarot Duel. It's a Metabots game. Uh, okay. They helped to develop um, and picked Logica Final Fantasy. I don't know what that is. Uh, something that was clearly only released in Japan. Um, <laughs> I got nothing. That's weird. Uh, yeah, I have no but idea. Anyway, they they did some cool offshoot Picross games, um, the Club Nintendo Picross stuff. But they did a, a Twilight Princess no, Nintendo Zelda Twilight Princess Picross, which I still play from time to time, uh, and a Sanrio characters Picross and Pokemon Picross. They were all little 3DS special edition Picross things that you could get. I freaking love this company. <laughs> I, <laughs> Just j even if you take out all the other interesting stuff that they've done, like working on a freaking Kingdom Hearts game and the world ends with you, like even if you take that stuff away, even if they just did Picross, I would still owe so many hours of pure, unadulterated fun and mesmerizing entertainment to this company. Um, because, geez, just, ugh. I, it's been an obsession. It's one of the most perfect puzzle games I've ever seen. It's a brilliant concept of it's it's a picture crossword. You know, it's it's a brilliant concept. I don't know if they invented it. I had never seen it before, and I've never seen anyone do it the same since. Um, it's just lovely, and I love them with every fiber of my being, and I'm very thankful that they exist. Yeah, I mean, it is not something that I have ever been into, but I know your love of it and as much as we talk shit on this show to each other like i take your recommendation on these things very seriously and the fact that you love it as much as you do is you know it, it it's impressive you don't talk about much to that level I don't. I'm very. Uh, I am. I'm very enthusiastic, but it, I do not exaggerate when I say, to me personally, as a puzzle game, I put this on the same level as Tetris. It is that sound a concept that it was. It is infinitely playable to me, just like Tetris is. That's great. Like that's that's just awesome. Solid, I love solid it, and you should too. Well, what a, what a good idea I had, Chris. You have nothing but good ideas, sir. Nonstop good idea machine. That's, that's me. you. That is you, top to bottom. You know it. Well, there we have it. Uh, let's let's call it there, huh? Let's let's call this an episode and move on with our lives. All right. Uh, that's our show. Join us next week as we wrap up our month of thankfulness with our final spotlights. Each. I haven't picked who mine is. Have you, Dan? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, good for you. I'll think of something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm super prepared. I, I, again, my idea, so I'm kind of prepared for it. Fair enough. Yeah, I have no idea who I'm going to bring up. In fact, I didn't know I was going to do Jupiter until today. It's like, you know what? This is what I'm thankful for. <laughs> Freaking Picross. One of my favorite things ever. Uh, anyway, once again, you can get in touch with us at mailatgeekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S, and Dan is available on the internet at... 
at GeekAden on Twitter and Instagram. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. We'd also like to thank our intrepid editor, Evan, for making this show listenable for all you folks. And we'd like to thank Mark TDK Knight for our show's theme. You can check him out on SoundCloud and Bandcamp or his website, which we have a link to in the show notes. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekate.com for even more fresh original content. And speaking of fresh original content head over to the wave back overplay youtube channel where i've just started working on the pokemon overplays where i'm combining music from the original pokemon red and blue with the music from uh pokemon let's go pikachu and let's go eevee and it is extremely interesting if i may toot my own horn so check that check that business out um, toot 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 indeed all right that's it everybody thank you very much for listening on behalf of dan and myself keep playing games mm-hmm.